Welcome to the Leadership Update Brief. Today's entrepreneurs and business leaders face change and transition as a constant part of daily life. Inspired by stories of today's military veterans and service members, we embark on a journey to explore their transformations and equip ourselves with new ideas and motivation towards mastering the challenge of working with dynamic and changing environments. Here's the host of the Leadership Update Brief and the guide to your journey, Ed Brixie. Welcome to the Leadership Update Brief on C-Suite Radio. This week, we have a little discussion on what it really means to be in charge of something. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. We have an awesome conversation coming up with Colonel Rob Campbell, author of It's Personal, Not Personnel. This is an incredible conversation. We have quite a bit to discuss, so we're going to jump right into it. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Leadership Update Brief on C-Suite Radio. Welcome back to the Leadership Update Brief. I'm Ed Brixey, and I have the distinct pleasure of being here today with Colonel Rob Campbell, author of It's Personal, Not Personnel, and former brigade commander out of the 101st Airborne, and was it Northcom that you were at after that, Rob? Yeah, I did uh, last year in the Army at Northcom out in Colorado. Hardship assignment. <laughs> was that anywhere near Carson, or where were you based for that one? It was, yeah. So I was on Peterson Air Force Base right down the road from Carson, right there in Colorado Springs. Really pretty. Oh, oh, fantastic. I missed the boat on Carson. When they when 4ID moved up there, they went 1-2, 1-2 down the line, and I was on that half that got to go over to 1st Cav. Yeah, I had to get out of the Army before they caught up with me because I'd been at some really great bases. Mm-hmm. No, Certainly. So talking a little bit little bit about your book. So taking three decades of leadership experience, your time yeah. in the military, and then coming out with leadership lessons for the battlefield and the boardroom. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. Um, so when I transitioned out, you know, I'd always had a passion for writing. But uh, as you recall, in the military, you don't have a lot of time on your hands to do it. Um, nor was I able to keep that staff that I had on a brigade, you know, to help me out. So just me by myself. Um, I knew what my passion was coming out. You know, a lot of the um, all the questions you get when you transition is, what do you want to do? I think the better question is, who are you? And um, so I, I had that answered coming out. I was lucky. I mean, you know, a lot of people are not. They just don't spend a lot of time trying to discover what that is. But But I did. And my core purpose is to make a difference in the lives of others through optimistic leadership. And I knew coming out of the service after 27 years, uh, that I needed to continue to do that. Now, I didn't have any, the answer to what exactly I wanted to do, um, but I was lucky I had some time. I got a pension. You know, my wife went back to work teaching. So uh, I just thought, you know, what, what a great opportunity to sit down and crank out a book. But I really had no idea what I was doing. Um, but one of, the, one of the pieces of advice I got was just get it written. Don't worry about all the publishing and all the other stuff, editing and everything. Just get get a raw product there. So I did an outline, sketched it out, and um, focused it largely, certainly on my, you know, almost three decades of leadership, but specifically on my time in brigade command, 101st, where I had a lot of time to think about leadership before I went into it. And uh, I knew walking in, I was, I was, was going to be a very people-centric leader. I couldn't tell the future. 
the Army was suffering from a variety of societal issues, suicides, sexual harassment, all kinds of things like that. And there was a lot of different things going on. Uh, but I knew if I invested in people, cared for them, knew them personally, that they would rise to the occasion when we did get our mission. Um, so I didn't know a lot, but I did know that investing in people was it. And so that became my mantra headed into command, investing in people. And it resulted in the number one brigade in the Army for Human Resource Performance my team and I achieved. And so I kind of sketched that out in, in somewhat of a structure and outline of um, how to put that into a book. It's personal, not personnel, comes from a time where I was talking to a, um, an officer up at Human Resources Command, separate from my command that managed all the officers in the Army, and uh, was going to move one of my officers in the month of February to a new location. But and so it was just a simple move to him on an Excel spreadsheet. One name gets moved mm -hmm. to another place. The Army's done. But there was more of the story. This guy was married, had a daughter in high school, ready to graduate in a few months, and wife was working. They had a home. There's a lot going on in this guy's life. So I thought to myself, you know, if the Army could wait a few months, uh, you might get a better soldier that shows up with his family versus without, as he would do if he left in February. So the point I made to illustrate all this to this you know, person on the phone was, listen, this is personal. It's not personnel. Mm -hmm. you know, it's not a transaction. It's a human being with a story behind them. And if you at least just connected on the phone and had a discussion, you might have gained more. So that's the whole spirit of the book and, and the thought behind it. And I thought, okay, this could be useful to a business leader. So as I wrote it, you know, I thought, okay, I could speak, I could consult, I could coach off of this. So it was fun. No, that's fantastic. That's quite the undertaking. I mean, you always hear those stories of first books and to just get in there and get that outline done. And again, that core premise of moving past this transactional style of just management and implementing yep. some real leadership and implementing that personal side of things, which you cover so excellently throughout this entire book. And it's yeah. between establishing the foundation for it and then talking about just investing in people. And like you just said, it's if you invest in your people, then they're going to be much more willing to rise to the occasion for you. Yes. Yeah. And I think businesses are much the same today. I mean, you can't really predict the future. I mean, a lot of businesses can only look maybe a month or two down the road. You know, we're moving at such a rapid pace. So it's a, it's an environment ripe for focusing on people because they'll carry the day, whatever the, whatever the task is. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. When you're faced with that level of disruption or trying to put together that more agile framework, it relies a lot on having that core leader there on the ground who can handle it. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You mentioned a little bit um, earlier about some of the problems in command where you're looking at that cultural change and that just some of those root personnel issues that you see, I mean, in military and in civilian life around harassment or other just interpersonal problems. Yeah. What were some of the ways that you saw in coaching people to overcome some of that? Yeah. Well, um, you know, I take it back in the book. I take it back to the environment when I took command in the fall of 2013. Um, President Obama was still in office and he was talking about shutting down Afghanistan altogether. So the, the, the future was very unknown. This brigade had just come back from Afghanistan. So, you know, it had scar tissue from that, its last deployment. Mm -hmm. um, the Army was suffering from a variety of societal issues. Uh, sexual assault had reared its ugly head. Um, lack of coping skills, resilience, uh, relationship failures, suicide had bypassed combat deaths at that point in the Army. Um, so a lot of different things happening. 
And I relate that to what's happening in a business today, because I submit to you that many of those problems I just discussed, you know, are, exist in a, in a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the army was trying to tackle a bunch of different things. You know, it puts money in programs and, uh, you know, it throws money in people and programs and problems. Well, um, I could zero in on any one of those problems or I could just make people better people, get to know them on a very personal level so that if Ed came into work on a Tuesday morning and I knew him well, you know, I connected with him. I knew about his family and what was happening in his life and what his obstacles were, you know, to get to the next level and on and on and on. I could tell immediately if there was something wrong with Ed. I could pick up a cue of knowing some of, of knowing you and then be able to steer you either, you know, help you fix your problem or get you to the right place to fix it. And so um, I know that exists in businesses today. Now, CEOs aren't psychologists, nor was I. Um, bosses, you know, don't have the ability to pry into the personal lives of people and their privacy, nor did I. Um, but I shared of myself first to a biography sketch. We can chat about that. But I just did, I did some introspection and self-awareness, and I was very transparent and vulnerable, if you will, walking into that command. I opened that door to having these kind of discussions and, and getting to you know, what was bothering people and, and, and seeing if either I could help or we could get them to the right place. And so this is what I submit to businesses nowadays. Don't go out and get a psychology degree. Just get to know your people. It's not rocket science. And you'll, you'll discover amazing things. No, absolutely. I'd love to talk a little bit more on that because the interesting part of that one was your ability to expose yourself. And, you know, I'm from down yeah. in the trenches. So the colonel of the unit, that that's the old man. That's somebody who yeah. whose desk you generally don't want to be in front of. How did you overcome some of that obstacle? Yeah, I was at a, um, it's funny that, that summer before I took command in 2013, I was, uh, I was at a, pre-command course in Virginia, sitting with a bunch of, you know, leaders and drinking beers and talking about leadership, right? That's what we talk about. So one of the guys in the group shared a, um, a concept that he did, a method that he used in his command of writing a biography sketch and getting a biography sketch from his people. Now, not something, you know, not a biography sketch that talks about uh, what medals he has on his chest or what degrees he has, or a resume type biography. It was more a biography of, you know, himself, what he did in high school, what he was passionate about, how he wanted to be remembered after he was gone, how he saw his strengths and weaknesses and maybe a life crucible or two that he experienced in his life. And so I knew that I always appreciated, you know, those that uh, I served under that were humble and transparent like that. And so I knew this could be very powerful walking into command, but it was risky, right? Because you want to be seen as the mm-hmm. person perfect being. Uh, And just by nature of my position and rank, the default would be, okay, here's this perfect being beamed down to command this large enterprise. Uh, My God, he must be flawless, perfect wife, perfect kids, you know, everything. Um, Not so much. And so I sketched it out in this biography sketch and I gave out to all 5,000 members of my brigade. Uh, Just in the message there, listen, I'm Rob Campbell first. I'm a human being just like you with imperfections and flaws and vulnerabilities, uh, get to know me as a person first. And yes, I will step in and be your colonel and your leader. I just thought it was really powerful. And so, like I said earlier, it was I was the first one to be transparent. I asked of the same of my leaders and those that I directly led in the brigade. 
um, I asked them for biography sketches, and I learned amazing things. No, that's 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 amazing. That's some huge impact there, and just setting that again, that example for transparency is huge. Yeah, yep. it goes right back to the old saying. I mean, if you want somebody to trust you, you have to trust them first. So, yep. Yep. being the first person to say, "Hey, here I am," yep. that's. Do you see well, a think, huge impact in the unit, or was that something that people were a little skeptical of at first, and it took some some time and some selling to yeah. get them on board? Yeah, good question. Ed. The um, there were some that were like, "What you want me to to what?" <laughs> they were uh, they were a bit, um, I guess, timid to kind of open that door a bit because it's not a natural thing. Uh, I was nervous writing mine. Um, but I did it and, and I got it out. So they saw that I could do it and they, you know, they used mine as an example. And I got a lot back that were similar that talked about the ups and downs. And so it was fascinating. So it was really, you know, the start point was with me. And I, I had never done that before. I wish I had done that in previous commands. Um, but it really went over big. I, and I, I still get people that talk about it and how impactful that was and knowing. And I had people come up to me leaders in my organization that had experienced a similar life crucible that I had. So at least who could relate to it, you know, and talk to each other about it. Pretty powerful. No, that is, that's amazingly powerful. And that's one of those things when trying to transition to that more human centric leadership style in an organization is it's usually a massive cultural shift Yes. and trying to overcome those barriers. And that's a very top down approach. It seems to be, incredibly successful. Now, when you continue to work with businesses, is that something that you like to focus on? Is that command climate and that culture and yeah. sort of developing in that area? Yeah, I do. It's everything. I mean, you know, I usually don't get into a lot of businesses unless the CEO is behind it because, as you know, if the boss isn't behind something, it just won't survive. And so mm -hmm. that's kind of my entry point when we get in there. And, and uh, it's always great to get somebody that's hungry to learn and wants to understand this stuff. But I I do talk to them often about, um, you know, being vulnerable and transparent and um, thinking, you know, just wearing certain lenses. We too often business leaders, you know, wear the lens of, of finances and, and efficiency and revenue and things like that. And I get that. I mean, that's the survival of their business. Right. But mm -hmm. you got to pick up the people lens first, you know, and, and that's the one I wore all the time when something came, we had to do a mission or I was briefed on something. And I always think of my people first and how they were affected. And so that's the coaching I do with, with leaders nowadays. And I think this younger generation is picking up on it um, nicely. It's the older generation that wasn't used to things like this. This just wasn't, you know, things that we did. I mean, you know, you know, growing up in the old army, this, you just never talked about things like this. I don't think this new generation is going to tolerate that, nor should they. And I, I, I applaud these young leaders that can then have the ability to just kind of open up and be a bit vulnerable and, you know, uh, seek help from the team because they don't know everything. No, exactly. It's bringing a certain amount of humility back into leadership and it's getting past just a raw financial statement. I mean, not it, it all ultimately boils down to a P&L and is the business going to grow or is are we going down the tank? But at the same point, it's the people that are going to get you there. And yeah. it's having that strong, well-crafted team that is motivated to do the job at hand. That's what leads to success. It's not just saying, hey, we're going to do this and then micromanaging it. It's 
recognizing the individuals and their contributions and yeah, empowering you know, them to get the job done. Right. It's a cause. I mean, I, and I guess I kind of realized this, you know, a little bit after retirement. It's been almost three years. And so, you know, I've certainly had the question, so what do you want to do and what do you want to be? And, and you know, I know what my passion and, you know, core purpose is, but um, I'm looking for a cause. I mean, we had that in the Army, the, the defense of the nation, right? The, the care and, and leadership of America's sons and daughters and their family. I mean, that's that's something that, that can inspire and drive someone and motivate someone. I think a lot of businesses have a cause, but they're just not talking about it. You know, we're X company, we build X product, or we provide X service. No, we help business leaders, you know, solve problems that are nagging at them. We, we allow businesses to free themselves of, you know, the things that are dragging them down by providing technology solutions, you know, or whatever it might be. Or... Uh, sure, we exist to sell this, you know, widget, but we also are heavily involved in the community and give back and, and want our community to thrive. And, you know, we take on an external cause because we were making money in this business. Things like that are what inspire people and cause them to want to be at that team and, and, you know, perform every day. But we just don't talk about it enough in businesses. No, certainly it's having that cause and it's, you know, it's businesses are nothing more than a group of people with a common goal yeah. and make sure that everybody's on board with that and knowing what their piece is, is it's a powerful thing to have that integrated into your culture. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Sometimes it, it's, it's there, you know, you just got to pull it out. Like a lot of times I'll do a vision session in company because, uh, you know, I'll be in and they'll be a bit mature. Um, you know, they've been down the road a few years I take them back to that moment on the porch, you know, and there was two or three of them. And they had this amazing idea, you know, that's inspiring. And if you could keep that alive in a business, that can really drive people. You know, four years ago, we sat and we had this amazing idea to do this, this and this. And here we are today doing it. That, mm -hmm. That's inspiring. It is. I mean, it's being able to walk back on that road and realize just how far you've come is yep. not enough people do that. Nope. I want to touch base real quick as we start to close up. I love how you opened up with this. It's getting past that question of what do you want to do to who are you? Because I think that's something I've seen so many veterans when we leave the service, we just, we get caught up in that. Yeah. It's, well, it's funny you mentioned that, uh, and I'm working on an initiative right now. Um, it's, it's early, but it's just kind of in my mind. And I've got a few folks that I'm talking to about how we can, you know, better help transition. A bit of a separate topic, but I mean, still, still in the ballpark here of, of um, helping help, helping veterans transition into something, you know, real and authentic and passionate. Um, it seems that you found that, you know, with your team up there, something that you do. Um, but I think the problem in the military is that, you know, like the army, for instance, pays unemployment insurance. So there's a lot of focus mm -hmm. on getting a job, and they look at a veteran getting a job is is a win well 68 percent of veterans are going to leave that first job um, within two years after they get out for a variety of reasons some of it is just bad leadership bad environment you know they just they don't find mm -hmm. in the military the other the other part is that they just there's no passion alignment there you know when you came in the army you, you might have had dreams of being an infantryman and and that's what you wanted to do you were lucky you got it and, and it inspired you and you did it um, others, maybe not, you know, they just, they joined and their, their score for whatever reason made them an Intel analyst. And 
wasn't necessarily their cup of tea. Um, so there's no passion alignment there. You know, you just do what you're told in the military. Well, coming out, it's a blank sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. I don't think we spend enough time. I know we don't spend enough time kind of getting to your why. You know, who is who is Ed and, and what is his why? What is he passionate about? What does he truly want to do? And then trying to fit you in the right place that does that. Really, really big deal. No, absolutely. And it's it is. It's a surprising statistic. I mean, the amount of veterans coming out and it's that first job is always a make or break. And far too often I see it being a break for transitioning vets. So I look forward to hearing a little more about that initiative as that starts to set and gel a little bit more. Yeah, we'll stay in touch on it because it's I think it's it's got tremendous potential because, you know, a lot of veterans, they, they just see the shiny object, right? A bunch of money in a neat looking environment, you know, they can wear flip flops and grow all of them if they want to, but then the, the novelty of that wears off, right? And then they become unhappy and depressed and suicidal perhaps, you know, I, I don't I don't know, but it's 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 concerning. I mean, it, you know, it speaks to the larger issue of um, this, you know, the 0.04% how very small mm-hmm. population we are and then venturing out into the world and how huge and lonely it is, you know? No, absolutely. Definitely, Rob. I mean, it's it's a scary place out here, but if you find that yeah. passion, I think that's rule number one for finding that next, that successful career transition. I think so too. I want to thank you so much for your time on here today, Rob. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Ed. You're listening to the Leadership Update Brief on C-Suite Radio. Thanks again, Rob. Your story is an inspiration to all of us transitioning out of the military, no matter what level we were at. It's all about knowing who you are and remaining authentic to that. Rob does an amazing job of translating his command experiences into something real world and actionable for today's business leaders. His book is a must read for your summer reading list. It's personal, not personnel, can be found on Amazon today, and a link can be found in the description for this podcast. Thank you all for listening. I welcome your comments. You can find me on social media or Twitter and Facebook at BlueCordMGMT. Be sure to reach out on social media or mail or email us at mailcall at leadershipupdatebrief.com with your questions for our next mail call episode. You can learn more about BlueCord management and our the training and coaching that we provide there at www.bluecordmgmt.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast service. And as always, we're available on C-Suite Radio at c-suitenetwork.com. Thanks again. I look forward to continuing our journey soon. Have a wonderful day. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. As a loyal fan of the C-Suite Radio Show, I've got an incredible offer for you. Listeners to this podcast get 50% off a C-Suite Network membership. The C-Suite Network will help you become the most strategic person in the room. You will have access to top-notch benefits and networking, all helping you get the most out of your position. Take advantage of this limited offer today. Learn more about the C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR. Again, that's 50% off a C-Suite Network membership at c-suitenetwork.com slash CSR. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.